Welcome to this week's Internet of Comics. I'm Alex Eschbeck. And I'm Matt Golden, everybody's favorite part of the show. The only reason you're listening right now, me. And this week we are talking about a bunch of new number ones that came out recently, uh, mostly the month of July. Gosh darn right we are. Uh, before we get into that, um, there's a little bit of news in in the world. Uh, so we're going to talk about that for just a second. Uh, I don't are know you talking about the DeMar DeRozan trade? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and the fact that DeMarco Murray retired. Uh, Oklahoma Sooners, we love you. Uh, but actually, there's comic book news, too. Um, the CW uh, has de- is in development with a new television show. I don't know if you've heard about this, seen this. Batwoman is being developed. How do you feel? I feel fine with it. Uh, I mean, I watch all the CW shows. Uh, I like them for the most part. And it's, why not? I mean, just, just blanket the CW all their nights, just have it be superhero shows in one hour block of Supernatural. <laughs> uh, it should be, CW should be nothing but Supernatural, and then for three or four hours consecutively, all the new comic book movies, shows, whatever. Uh, also, Joaquin Phoenix has been tapped to play the Joker, if you hadn't heard. It's huge, it's everywhere. Yeah, they signed on to that. They announced the release date today, too. Uh, I'll say it's on October of 2019. Yeah, they're filming it this fall. Like it's it's happening, and it's fucking exciting. How do you feel about Joaquin Phoenix playing the Joker? It, it's whatever. It's like uh, I'm in the minority. I didn't hate Jared Leto's take on the Joker. It was something different. And I'm also the minority too that I didn't hate any of the DC movies. I know they're easy to hate on. None of them are, aside from Wonder Woman, are as good as Marvel films of film. But and I, I still think DC has a long way to go. So they just put. I'm rather ambivalent to any news I hear. Especially because they announce so many things and so a few things come to fruition. Yeah, they announce a whole lot of shit. And there's supposedly a bunch of DC, DC stuff in the works. You've got the Gotham City Sirens led by Margot Robbie. And that's apparently happening as well. You have any thoughts on that? We'll see. We'll know. see. Yeah. We'll yeah. fucking I see, know. I guess. Um, we're recording this on Wednesday, the day before uh, San Diego Comic-Con starts. So... We will have a lot more news. Yeah, I'm sure when this episode comes out two days later, all news will seem like old news already. Yeah, it'll be like all these things are canceled already. (laughs) (laughs) Or there's going to be trailers for all this shit. So whatever. There's the news uh, for now. We'll talk way more about a lot more news later. So we're going to get into these number ones, or these first, I should say. But And you should know that for all these times we do these lists, Matt curates all these lists. So it's basically all of his selections with me every now and then just saying I can't read that because I don't want to get spoiled. So that's basically yeah. So I pick up all the new first issues for Marvel and DC just to just to kind of check them out. Uh, there was one that came out that we didn't pick up. Uh, there are that I, we didn't bother reading. Uh, Thor. Um, Alex and I are both reading the series, so we didn't want to spoil it for ourselves. We think it might just be a continuation for Jason Aaron's telling. Yeah, it's I mean, still Jason Aaron, so we don't really want to get into that if shit. If you've been reading his run for years, there's no reason yeah. to jump ahead, I feel like. Especially with it being the same writer behind it all, too. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, I also cut The Sentry because it's a new character, uh, even though it's by Jeff Lemire, who we both know and love. I cut it for time because we've got a ton of shit to cover already. 
So we'll say correct. There it is. The Sentry's not a new character, but he's been out of the Marvel Universe for a right. while. Right. I mean, he's, a central part. I think his last appearance, there was a version of him in Recommender's Uncanny Avengers that was years ago. Like uh, six years ago, yeah. Yeah. So it's he's been some time. Relatively new to the scene. Yeah. He's uh, coming back. Years, yeah. yeah. It'd be his first post. Definitely, I think his first post Secret Wars appearance too. Yeah, we might have to do uh, throw that in when we do. We'll do another one of these when Fantastic Four comes out, and we'll talk about Punisher and some other stuff then. But anywho, let's get into today. Okay, we're just going to go in alphabetical order of the title of the book. So first up is the Amazing Spider-Man by Nick Spencer, art by Mr. Ryan Ryan Otley. That's yeah. what I thought. Okay, yeah. What do you think? Uh, I love this book. It, it was out of, and I, I don't want to talk about where I feel compared to the rest because we'll do that toward the end. But I thought it was fantastic. I mean, I've read almost every issue of Dan Slott's super, super long Spider-Man run, so it's going to be a bit strange hearing somebody else's voice on Spider-Man for the main series. Um, but I thought it was fantastic, and I also want to say I love Ryan Otley's art uh, for readers of Invincible, Robert Kirkman's superhero series. Uh, Ryan Otley did the majority of the art of that along with Corey Walker. Uh, so his art style is something that just, I don't know why, but it really appeals to me. And Nick Spencer has spent time with not Spider-Man himself. I'm sure he has in some context. Uh, but, and he did during secret wars, not secret wars. He did during, uh, secret invasion, uh, not secret invasion, man. I keep getting on my Marvel events. Uh, (laughs) Confused. He did in the event where Cap was a part of Hydra. I can't remember the name of that right now. For the life Secret of Empire. Secret Empire. Thank I you. I haven't read it, but I know it. Yeah. Because I'm not a unprofessional piece of shit. Because <laughs> I have a better opinion than Alex on this book. Nick Spencer wrote one of my all-time favorite series, a short series called The Superior Foes of Spider-Man, which stars Boomerang as the main character. And it's all about Spider-Man's C-level villains teaming up uh, and planning various heists to... Uh, try and better their lives and so this is a different take on it uh a lot of complaints for a slots run was that there was no spider-man and mary jane time well spencer remedied that uh toward the end of the story uh we see them peter begging mary jane not begging but pouring a salt to mary jane and them getting back together uh we get to see mary jane call him tiger again and we get to see all the heroes hate spider-man uh i have so many issues with this fucking book and Dan Slott's run on the previous Spider-Man. I read the last five issues because I was like, oh, hey, we're leading up to issue 800. They're going to do something really cool with apparently Red Goblin. So Green Goblin gets a hold of the Carnage stuff. And it's bullshit. I hated it. It was the worst. <laughs> uh, this isn't any better. This is garbage. And it's so fucking long. It's like 42 pages of nothing but dialogue and bullshit. And there's no real jokes. Like the Spider-Man jokes are so weak, it's uh, not even fucking funny. There's plenty of jokes. Yeah, uh, and none of them land. Uh, they all land. Every single one lands. No, oh my god. And I especially loved, uh, after the main story ends, really, uh, there's a scene of Mysterio in the courtroom. Uh, and this book is what a lot of the ones do, is they introduce the real villain towards the end. But also he's represented by Beetle, another Spider-Man villain who's in Superior Foes of Spider-Man. So it's nice callback for that character that Spencer's written before and is familiar with. And it's like, just I see Mysterio again. He doesn't get used very often because he is kind of a hokey, gimmicky villain straight out of the 70s and his style doesn't work anymore. Especially with his glass dome. So, I, I mean, this is a book that I love personally. 
Yeah, you could not be more wrong. Like, if it's sentimental for you, that's one thing. Um, but the art is very invincible. It's good. It's solid. It's not my favorite from what we're going to talk about by a long shot. Um, but it's super familiar. I read Invincible. I enjoy Invincible. The art's fine. It's nothing special. Ryan Outley's all right. That's what I have to say about this. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put it out there uh, because I got a little game for us later on, and I don't even want to talk about this book if I can <laughs> fucking avoid it. It's my least favorite one of all of these books. We got seven we're talking about, so there it is. I hate this. I'm not going to pick it up. I'm not going to keep reading. If down the line the Eisner Awards come knocking, maybe I'll pick it back up, but I don't see it happening. I'll be buying your trade. Will you? Oh, God. Why? You don't own any Spider-Man trades, do you? No, I do. You do? Yeah. I just said, didn't say him up there. No, I own all of Bendis' Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, well, that makes sense. So next up, we're going to talk about Captain America, uh, written by Ta-Nehisi Coates, with art by Linnell Francis Yu. Uh, what did you think of this book? It was all right. Yeah, I thought it was... For a first, it was good because it touched on a lot of recent events in Cap's history. Obviously, the fallout from Secret Empire, where nobody trusts him because yeah. he tried to destroy America. Or the other version of him tried to destroy America. It all gets a little bit convoluted. But they also talked... I loved there was a conversation between him and Sharon Carter, Agent 13, toward the end. Where she's talking about like how she knows pain and loss because she was stuck in Armzola's world for years and years. Now she's this older woman uh, in this uh, world of just young superheroes and a younger version of the man she loves. Which Reminder kind of touched on that, obviously, because he made that happen during his run. But it's kind of been ignored for a while, the fact that Sharon's age compared to everybody else she knows and is comfortable with. Yeah, I actually like that. That was the most human element of this whole thing. Like you see kind of the the longing and the desire that, that two people can have when there's something that's definitely there between them, but something's keeping them apart. It's really, really uh, humanizing, which is, is really cool. Um, but there's not a lot of really cool Captain America stuff. Plus, here's one thing I don't like about new comics when you're starting something over, start it the fuck over. Like I understand you're Marvel and you want to keep things going and have everything tie in for your previous readers, but I didn't think it really benefited this book at all. This was different from a lot of like first or new story arc launches because there wasn't that big villain reveal at the end or any part in the story. I no. think this book is going to be more about Cap's internalization and how he comes to terms with who he is after what a version of him did to the world. Which is interesting, which is kind of what Tom King does Actually, with Batman. I lied. There was a vulnerability at the end. It was Madame Hydra. Uh, yeah. It end. was more of yeah. a tease than a big reveal. Yeah, yeah. Because I think she's at the beginning, too. I think she's in the first page. Yeah. But it was interesting. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. Uh, it's something that I, I'm curious about, though. The, it, it I, I think that's, that's a good way to put it. I, it's curious. I enjoyed Mark Wade's recent run on Captain America. But it, it was very much meant to be told like in a condensed like short story form. Yeah. This is more Captain America should grow more in this book, I feel like. Absolutely. So. And it's it's cool to see characters that are decades old growing and doing new things. Whereas the Amazing, amazing Spider-Man that we just talked about, I didn't see anything new. I felt like when I finished reading it that who has anything new to say for Spider-Man? Like I'm reading some, some of Chip Zdarsky stuff. And it gets a little rough, so I'm I'm off the Spider-Man bandwagon for right now. But this Captain America book, it's not bad. 
So is this one that you're going to keep picking up, wait for a trade, or just wait for reviews or just ignore? I'm going to wait until it all comes out on um, Marvel Unlimited. I don't, I'm not that crazy about Captain America, so I'm not going to go out and buy the trade. Yeah, but in six months, when the you know I can start reading it on on their uh, app, I'm all over it. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat with you. Is that one? Yeah, I'll read it once a month every six months. Now the next book is one that you wanted me to read, but I decided not to because you are current on Tom King's Batman run, and I am not, so I do not want to get spoiled for the Batman Catwoman wedding. Which I know some things will happen, but if you want to give like a spoiler-free overthought, over uh, or spoiler-free thoughts on this book, yeah, this is going to be a little tough, but I'm going to do my best. Um, Catwoman um, is beautiful. <laughs> uh, Joel Jones' art is incredible. The character development is very cool. Which Joel Jones we talked about in a trade swap episode because you had me read Lady Killer. Yeah, we uh, did. We did talk about uh, Joel Jones, and she's incredible. She does the art, and she writes this book. Um, all I'll really say about it, because I don't want to give too much away, it's it's hard to even talk about this book. Because, I mean, even on the cover, it says, read Batman number 51st, or I'll spoil the whole thing. And, I mean, that I can't really get into anything, because it will spoil it for Alex. Well, would you say this is a good book for people oh, who are just interested in Catwoman to, like, jump in on? Like, if they're not so much into Batwoman, but or Batwoman... Batman, but they've always enjoyed Catwoman. Do you think it's a good jumping off point or if they're fans of that character? This is a good book for any person reading superhero comics. Wow, that's a pretty glowing recommendation. Um, so are you going to keep up with this series? Yes, I'm going to go pick up the second issue the second it comes out. I'm very, very excited about it. I liked it a lot. At the the end, I will spoil this. Um, kind of the, the story arc is there's somebody else posing as Catwoman. Uh, and she kind of gets blamed for all these heists that are happening. Uh, actually, I think it's a murder. Um, and then at the end, she tracks this person down and then enters a room full of cat women, uh, people who are dressed identically to her. So it kind of leaves you on a, an interesting cliffhanger. And the art, oh my God, it's so detailed. And it's you will know her art anywhere. If you know anything by Joel Jones, you will be able to tell anywhere what it is. So I, it's one that I have already added to my pull list. I'm super excited about moving forward. But I can't say much else without giving tons and tons of spoilers. Which we love to do, but we like to, to keep each other. We care more about ourselves than you guys, so fuck you. Yeah, and the next book we're going to talk about is another female-led book. Yeah, the next one that we're talking about is The Life of Captain Marvel. Uh, Alex, what do you think about this one? Uh, I thought it was okay. It was my favorite book. Uh, it wasn't my least favorite. Actually, it might have been my least favorite book. Kind of a long thing read. Yeah, they can. I hear you. It might have been my least favorite book out of all the ones we read. Uh, it wasn't bad per se. It's just I haven't been a big fan of Margaret Stoll's run on Captain America in general. And I, did, I didn't really need the return to her hometown and dealing with a brother I didn't know she had or her mom. We never really got much into Captain Marvel's family life as much. Uh, but what do you think of it? I like the fact that uh, this is the, oh, I guess I'll start here. I've never read anything Captain Marvel. So I don't know anything about Carol Danvers. Uh, if you're like me and you've never read anything by her or about her, this is a cool jumping off point. I thought um, I actually really enjoyed the book. I really enjoyed the art. Um, it's definitely got some of the better art of all these books that we read. The art's really good on it. 
Um, but again, most of these are focusing on human tales. Um, I'd probably put it middle of the pack for all of these. I like it better than Captain America and way better than I, uh, Amazing Spider-Man. But it's just kind of her going back to her hometown. Not a lot of action. Her reliving the experience of her dad beating her brothers. It's very, very hit. It hits very close to home. It's it's got a lot of emotion, which is kind of a trend with a lot of these new Marvel books. Yeah, and I think that's. I, mean, I might be from us coming from different places with the character because this is one of your first exposures to Captain Marvel, at least in a solo book form. Uh, and I've been a fan for a while, so it's interesting how that might be the reason for it. But, I mean, I don't know how the movie is going to be, but I do think this would be a good place for anyone to start who wants to get a head start on Captain Marvel as a character before the movie comes out. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Uh, I think it's only once a month, but I could be wrong. It could be a twice-a-month comic. So that means that you'll get about a trade and a half of Captain Marvel before the movie comes out. So it's definitely one. Again, I'm going to kind of approach it the same as Captain America. These Marvel books are $5. They're a lot of money. Um, I'm not going to keep picking this book up. I'll read it on Unlimited. Yeah, I'm the same boat as you. Yeah, if I like the first, if I read five of them and I like it, I'll start buying the trade. But I'm not going to keep up with it that hard. So next up is Multiple Man, uh, written by Matthew Rosenberg. Uh, what do you think of it? Pure delight. It was a wonderful, funny, well thought out book. Yeah, I agree. I love this book. I uh, also recommend to basically everyone to go read Peter David's run on the X Factor, where Jamie Madrick, multiple man, is the main character. Uh, it turns him into such. It turned him into one of my favorite Marvel characters. And this book basically picked up what made Madrick so lovable. He was treated terribly in the Death of X miniseries, where he basically died, uh, which was a terrible, terrible miniseries. Uh, but this plays on that and answers the question as to, I, I thought you were dead. Yeah, what happens when the actual person dies, but a clone manages to live? Yeah, and it's... It involves the other X-Men. It opens with uh, Strong Guy and Ileana Rasputin Magic. Uh, and they discover Jamie. And then they take him back to the uh, school where Beast experiments on him. Because Beast basically appears in almost every X-Men book. Now I feel like... Yeah, if they need a smart guy in yeah. any book that has mutants in it, they're like, ah, Beast. Which I'm fine with. I like Beast as a character. But this book... But it's just so great because you see... You, there's a mystery to it. You don't know what Jamie's planning. He, uh, when he's under, he's asked Beast if Bishop or his cable or any time trial mutants are around. Uh, and he knocks out Bishop, takes his equipment, travels to the future, comes back sooner than he expected. We don't know why. He absorbs one of his dupes that also comes back. And then a bunch of people break into the X Mansion, as they tend to do. Yeah, that happens a lot. Like that, that mansion, the insurance policy on that has got to be so fucking high. Yeah, and it looks like they're being attacked by an alternate version of Deadpool, an alternate version of Cable that is also part Warlock as well, Hulk, and then Wiccan, uh, too. And uh, Jamie makes them stop fighting because he realizes that every the Hulk, the Deadpool, the Warlock Cable, and the Wiccan are all him. They're all his other dupes. That's basically where the book ends, and I thought it was a fantastic ending. Yeah, it was a... Weird little cliffhanger. I hope in the second issue, because I haven't added it to my pull list, but it's one I'm going to pick up. 
Um, I hope the second issue doesn't suck because I can see it taking a slide, <laughs> but with a cool character like Multiple Man, like there's big room for a lot of storytelling. And this very small number one didn't focus a ton on Jamie Madrock. It was a bunch on the surrounding people too. Yeah, and I really, which I like too. I like bringing in some of the members of the his old X Factor team into the book. Uh, also recommend too. Uh, if you, you guys haven't read it, read Secret Warriors by Matthew Rosenberg. And I believe Matthew Rosenberg is also going to be writing the upcoming uh, Punisher series as well. Um, up next, we've got Superman number one. By Brian Michael Bendis. Brian motherfucking And Ivan Michael, Rice doing the art. But yeah. fucking Bendis. Ivan Rice in the art. What'd you think? This is his first continuing series. The first issue of it, here we are, Superman motherfucker. And it takes place basically directly after his Man of Steel uh, six-issue yep. miniseries run. Yes, it does. And I thought it was just okay. It was very average. Uh, that being said, I'm still going to pick up Action Comics 1001, and that'll be a part of our next podcast. Yeah, it's like nothing much happens. There were some cool moments in it, uh, but it's... A lot of it felt old hat to me. And all of it felt basically like it was, like you mentioned, it is a, just a direct continuation of the events that happened in the Man of Steel series. This wasn't a start of something new, it felt like. Yeah, I mean, this one I give a, a little bit of a pass to because, you know, he wrote the Man of Steel series, the little six-issue miniseries, which I wasn't crazy about, but it was what it was. Um I'm going to see where it's going to go. I'm definitely curious where Action Comics 1001 is going to stand. But I might actually pick this one up, even though I wasn't blown away. Like, there are some really cool moments in it. Him rebuilding the Fortress of Solitude was really cool. I loved his conversation with Martian Manhunter. Not just him popping away to save the day in different areas of the world mid-conversation over and over again. Yeah, like, the whole conversation with Martian Manhunter, like, like, they would exchange a couple lines and Superman would be like, Hold on a second. And then he would go put out a fire somewhere and he would go do something else. It was brilliant. And Martian Manhunter asking him to basically be the leader of the world was an interesting conversation that I'm sure will have some payoff later. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, it reminded me a bit of uh, some other Superman stuff I've read where he's been asked to be basically in charge of the world and kind of some Justice League shit too, where he just kind of shirks that responsibility. So I didn't think there was a lot of new ground there, but I still liked it. Yeah, it's for me, it's kind of a wait and see. I'm kind of, I mean, I'll read it eventually, but I'm kind of curious what the reviews are going to be. I am very curious, though, in Action Comics 1001, uh, like you. So we'll see where it goes. I'm curious to see how he differentiates the two books. Yeah, I hope it's not like a similar storyline that ties in at all. They need to be two entirely separate entities. In yeah, and Rebirth did a good job <gasps> of that, uh, basically making both Superman books interesting and unique. So I'm curious to see if Bendis, while writing both, will be able to do that. Because Bendis has a habit when he writes multiple books. And obviously it's the same character, but he likes to find ways to jam them together. Like with the Black Vortex storyline. And the X-Men storyline. Yeah, when he was writing X-Men and Guardians of the Galaxy, found a way to get them together. So, I mean, it's different because of the same characters, but we'll see how much intersection there is. Yeah, I really hope that DC's like, hey, you know that thing you do with Marvel? Could you not fucking do that? Like, you're good and all, but could you not? And we mentioned Dan Slott earlier briefly, but now we're going to be talking about him again because we're talking about Tony Stark, Iron Man. 
number yes. one. What do you think? I liked it. I really enjoyed this book. It it has all like the tropes of a number one issue, starting out with like a flashback, like opening scene, uh, going to that character, to using that character, introducing our superhero, to giving a tour of what a superhero is doing now and how his world is different from the last book, to finally getting into a fight to having a lead into the villain for who's going to be, but even with it just being very by the numbers, I still enjoyed the book. What do you think about the art on this book? I like the art. It was fine. I really enjoyed too seeing uh, Joe Costa in the book. He normally runs with the X-Men. Uh, so it was cool to see. I mean, I'm a huge X-Men fan. So I always like any excuse to bring them into other non-mutant books. Uh, yeah. Fin Fang Foom is the villain in this book. Spoiler fucking alert. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he takes care of him. Uh, pretty handily. It's great. I enjoyed this one. It's funny. It's what I want from an Iron Man book. It's got Tony Stark being Tony fucking Stark, being snarky, yeah. being kind of dickish. It's being great. a billionaire, being with with technology. I thought it was really creative how he started out, uh, or how the book kind of is from the viewpoint of a guy that he just hires on, uh, and he kind of is witnessing Iron Man for the first time. We all know who Iron Man is. Dan Slott's not trying to recreate the the story of Iron Man or anything like that. No, and a lot of the talk about like his Spider-Man run was that it was very Iron Man-y because he created Parker Industries and had Peter Parker be a tech genius millionaire. So it's it's something he's used to writing, but I think with a more natural character like Tony Stark, it, sh- it should do pretty well. Um, absolutely. Uh, I like the art a lot in this. I like the story a lot. I think it might be one that I want to check out the second issue of, not right away. But I might buy it. I'm not necessarily going to wait until uh, until the Marvel Unlimited shit comes out for it. So we're going to talk about our last book right now, uh, X-23, number one. Uh, written by Mariko Tamaki, and the artist is Juan Cabal. What do you think of this book? I really like this book, I, I and I believe you do as well. I really enjoy Tom Taylor's run uh, on All-New Wolverine, where Laura took up the mantle of Wolverine. Uh, and this feels, I mean, you said this earlier, but we're talking, uh, but this feels very much like a continuation of that series. And I know I slided that earlier, but with the all new Wolverine series, I loved it. It got me something that was really cool and kind of fresh. And I felt the same thing with this X 23 series. The art is so fucking perb. It's creepy at times. It's really creepy at times. Um, but, but it's a really cool story, and there's a lot of light moments. It's a lot of jokes. It's a super serious X-23 balanced with a little bit of comedic timing in her uh, alter ego, Gabby. Yeah, and yeah, it's still her and Gabby Clone. palling around. Uh, and I like that there was a moment where she was in the X-Mansion dealing with Beast once again. But it was nice to see her back with the other X-Men characters, not on her own solo adventures. Uh, and the interaction with the Cuckoos was really, I thought, I love that interaction. Because the cuckoos are all clones of Emma Frost, and they're obviously Gabby's a clone of X twenty three, who is a clone of Wolverine. So they have that clone connection right there, which I just never even thought about or put together. But that was a nice little connection. But that twist of what's going on with the cuckoos was fantastic. Yeah, it was great. Uh, so the cuckoos are the villain uh, to start this out. So it's it's going to be really interesting to see where this book goes. Um, it's definitely one that's on my pull list. Uh, I don't have very many. Superhero comics on there, but this one's added to it immediately. It's great. Yeah, it, it was a really strong debut, and I'm impressed that they were able to follow that 
from such a well-liked and popular run by a previous writer and artist team. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm still going to keep buying the trades of All New Wolverine. I haven't finished it yet, but I it wasn't one that I was worried that I was going to spoil myself on because you kind of know the story. You know what's going to happen. It's not like, um, I mean, like Batman, we're really worried. Like, I don't want anything to happen. I'm scared that I'm going to find something out that I shouldn't. Or the Thor series, where there's big implications in this massive world. In years of story with that one. Yeah, you and I have been invested in Thor for a minute, so I get it. Yeah. So, where would you rank all these books? From, you want to do worst to first, or best to worst? Well, I've got a little game for you. Okay. Um, And I'm excluding from the game The Amazing Spider-Man on this one. Okay. Um, because I think we have enough either way. So we just talked about seven books. So I'm going to give you three and I'm going to have you, um, we're going to play a game that's as old as time. We're going to play fuck, Mary kill. So fuck, you thought it was good. You could go for another round. Mary, you want it for the long run. You're in for the long haul or kill. You never want to touch it again. And I'm going to make this a little difficult for you. Okay. Um, so I'm going to put what I think your top three are. And what I think your bottom three are. Okay. Uh, so multiple man, Tony Stark, Iron Man, and X twenty three. Fuck Mary and kill. Uh, Mary multiple man. Uh, this series it could go on for a hundred years. I'd be happy <laughs> with it. Um, I guess fuck X twenty three because I enjoyed what it was and I really want more. And I guess kill Iron Man because I enjoyed it. But it was very much like classic Tony Stark and same old Tony Stark stuff I've seen before. Yeah, I will definitely agree with killing Tony Stark, but I might say Mary X-23 and fuck Multiple Man. Because Multiple Man, I could see it going off the rails quickly. I could see it losing steam. Uh, I hope it doesn't. Um, I want to say Ma- I want to marry Multiple Man, but I'm going to say Mary X-23. Multiple Man also has the best cover out of all the books. I Without think. a doubt. It's... uh paper dolls but they're all shaped like game matrix with the six circles across the chest and then one in the middle that's him running away <laughs> it's, a, it's simple but brilliant across an orange background and it's worked really well so rank them worst to first oh all we're not books. done we got three more oh, books you gotta got fuck mary kill okay. bro uh so fuck mary kill captain america superman and life of captain marvel kill captain marvel <laughs> um I guess, I mean, I'm not really excited about the Superman book either, so I can't really say, can I kill two of them? <laughs> like a murder-suicide? Like <laughs> murder-suicide one another? Oh, I guess I'll marry Captain America. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I have a very different view of this. I'm going to kill Captain America. I'm going to say marry life of Captain Marvel and fuck Superman. There you go. Uh, Life of Captain Marvel is interesting. I'll definitely be very, very interested in reading a little bit more about it. Especially with the movie coming out. Okay. Big time. All right, ranking them now. Worst to first? Worst to first. One at a time? Sure. Amazing okay. Spider-Man. Uh, Captain Marvel. Okay. Um, Captain America as number six. Superman. Uh, I'm going to put Superman at number five. Iron Man. I'll put Life of Captain Marvel at number four. Captain America. Uh, Number three, Iron Man. X-23. 
Uh, number two, X23 for me. Amazing Spider-Man. And number one, Multiple Man. Same here. Agreed. Multiple Man is a clear winner. Yeah. I like that issue a lot. Uh, but I think that about wraps it up for this week's uh, Cap or this week's. This Henchman. week's Captain America is now done. <laughs> wraps up for this week's Henchman of Comics. We'll be back sometime next week, obviously. We'll be back in August to talk about the new August number ones, including the big one, Fantastic Four. But next week, you will have another superhero fight coming. Yeah, and we might throw in a little something extra for you if you're really good. As always, you can email us at henchmanofcomics at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, Etsy, eBay, Twitter, uh, Amazon. Is that right? Uh, all the e-commerce retail shops. <laughs> we're not. We're, not, we're on none of those. Uh, you can buy this podcast if you want on Amazon for the low, low price of $150,000. I don't know how he's done that. And I think we might be in some trouble. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Or we might be in a gambling debt. <laughs> yeah, don't. I or need, just a comic book debt. I need this money right now. For the Henchman of Comics, I'm Alex Eschbeck. And I'm Multiple Man. Henchman ain't easy.